have that Festivus. I got a lot of problems <laughs> with you people, and I'm going to tell you about them or whatever <laughs> it is. Oh, hi there. <laughs> Welcome to episode 49. We turn half a century next week, my friend. Uh, Midwest kind of fancy. I'm Barry. With me as always, Flender. Flender, how the H-E double hockey sticks are you? I am good. I um, uh, just was outside a little bit earlier today picking up some sticks. Um, and uh, I'll tell you, I don't. it was really warm earlier, and it is just... I don't, the temperature is so weird where we live. That's all I've decided. It's so fun, isn't it? You know, you mentioned, mentioned that of, I prepped the kids that that's one of their main weekend goals. And I live on a few (laughs) acres and they are not (laughs) looking forward to picking up contrary to the song. They are not looking forward to, to stick pickup, but uh, (laughs) it leads to a good bonfire and s'mores. So yeah, they'll be okay. But anyway, um, I'm in a weird mood. I'm oddly pissed off at things that probably shouldn't matter that we're going to talk about, but we're going to talk about fewer things because I want to give Flender and I the space to talk about those things. Um, Some we've talked about at length already, but things keep getting weirder. Fair? I I think that's a very well said. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's just bizarre, but let's get... so. First and foremost, today, March 29th, the day we're recording this, it's also National Mom and Pops Business Owner Day, and day that's near and dear to my heart, and I'll tell you why. When I go out of town, when I go anywhere that's not home, I'm not looking for, you know, that town's Applebee's. Sorry, Applebee's. I'm looking for something different. So... Flender, I wanted to know, one, if you get out of your comfort zone and do similar, have a similar behavior, and two, if there's one that stands out, that stood out to you over the years, a mom and pop, and perhaps I should explain, not a chain, something that's owned by a family, you know, there's one that exists and it's in Podunk, Midwest, Um, has anything... Have, have you crossed paths with anything that really stood out? You know, I, I mean, I always am. Well, there's two of these places now, but it was one forever. But uh, Flubs Ice Cream in Hamilton, Ohio. Um, yeah. It's classic. Uh, I, uh, I love it. Um, you know, it's just a good ice cream like- place. There's two of them now, but they're it's not fair because there was only one forever. So I love the mom and pop shops that like we're gonna get a second one right down the road. And that's essentially what they did. But Yeah, essentially. So that's that would be my favorite. Like my there's also another ice cream place. I don't know why it's ice cream, but there's also another ice cream place um in near downtown Cincinnati, uh called Putz's. Um, it's formerly known as the hideout because you actually can't see it until you get pretty much next to it. So, um, (laughs) that's another classic, um, shout out to my father on that. He, uh, loves that place. Um, but yeah, those are, those are two, uh, the two that stick out to me as far as mom, like there's a lot of great little restaurants that you go to where I don't, I don't know any other ones like, um, uh, in, 
in Columbus, Ohio, there's a Schmitz um, sausage house uh, downtown. Man. It's fa- fantastic. Um, they have a food truck. I don't know if there's franchises, but that's the only one I know of. And you know what? I don't, I don't care to get full transparency. That food truck comes about three minutes from my house, like four mm-hmm. times a year. And mm-hmm. every time I am there. <laughs> The moment they open up, <laughs> so that <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of a haul to go to the brick and mortar for me. Mm-hmm. But man, oh Schmitz, that's a good one. But go ahead. There's there's another there's another one I found recently um, with my um, my in laws. Uh, they we went there with their family. Uh, it's called the Pizza House. Uh, it's this nice little uh, pizza place. So it was literally a, a house that was turned into like a kind of like a restaurant and then they moved across the street. They built like a building for now, but it's still called the pizza house. But, uh, it's just, just one of those. I have very good pizza that I know of. So I, it makes me sad when small businesses went over, went under during, um, especially during COVID. Um, that was, uh, I mean, a lot of people got hit during then, but what about you, man? So I think ice cream's a go-to for these places. Um, in the town I, I grew up in, there's literally a well they they also do food and it's actually pretty good but they're known for ice cream and it's called mom and dad's can't get much simpler than that um (laughs) little rundown building you know very inconspicuous you'd have no idea but the uh the brownie tornado with chocolate ice cream Mm -hmm. i may have to go when we when we finish here <laughs> um outside of that like i said when i go places i'm always looking for something yeah you know, i went to memphis and i wanted barbecue but i found the like the dirtiest mangiest fucking place um mm-hmm. i think it was literally called it had pig in it i don't remember we're talking <laughs> 2004 i still remember the barbecue um there's a place in chillicothe ohio called seven mile smokehouse Oh, it's so good. So good. We went and there's a, I'm going to forget now. They do a play in Chillicothe, Ohio. Oh, fuck. I don't know. A Native American play. I forget it now. I feel bad. (laughs) It's really good. But we were rolling around the town and just happened upon this place. And there were police cars in the parking lot. And having grown up in that world, um, my dad always said, if you see a police car in a parking lot, it's probably good food. Yeah. You know, they're not wasting their time. So um, I love a good mom and pop mar- barbecue place. I love a good mom and pop pizza place. There's a couple of those in and around where I live. Um, I'm trying to think of like out of town. I, I would have to say that place in Memphis, which, by the way, mm-hmm. I never encourage anyone to go to Memphis horrible city sorry sorry <laughs> memphis um you know when, when john morant's a redeeming character for your city you're in trouble but very good barbecue i will say um yeah so what we will say from this is food wise mom and pop nine times out of ten much better than chain oh for much sure better than chain for sure just it's just you can taste the love and that's gross. That's a sound bite, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I, uh, speaking of an out of town place, I, I, when you were talking about the Memphis place, it 
I mean, reminded me of this. When I went to North Carolina, there was this, I was like looking for a good like po' boy and they usually have good seafood po' boys anywhere and yeah. like close to the water. And this place just came up and it was like, I forget the name of it. It was like sh- the shack or something like that. <laughs> something, nothing. You're all in parking lot is packed. It opened five minutes be- after, uh, before I got there. I was like, Jesus. And I walk in, it, it's like a family owned place. The best shrimp po' boy I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. I went there multiple times during my vacation and I loved it. And, uh, you know, and you just it. did it to me. Tybee Island. Um, there's a place called the original crab shack. Mm-hmm. Um, oh dude, they, and I forget, I think it was called like the commander. It was this monstrous plate that even for a fat guy like me, way too much food, <laughs> crab legs and smoked sausage and Cajun corn on the cob and, and shrimp cooked a couple of different ways. And, oh, I love going to, uh, vacations on, on water. I love seafood. Yeah. Yes, so me too. Yeah. But it's so much different than going to, you know, Red Lobster in Midwest. Yeah. It is so different. And I, if you've never experienced it, do it because it, when you, like, when I go anywhere on the water, I don't care where it is, I'm getting oh, seafood yeah. all yeah. the time, at least multiple times because it is so much better. I had a sea, I had sushi when I was down in um, uh, North Carolina as well. Oh my God. I love it's sushi. different. It was so freaking good. <laughs> and even like oh. my, my brother lives in Florida and even going to like the groceries there. He's like, like, I get it, but let's go get seafood from this place. Just and then bring it home and cook it and smoked it. And oh, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. ah, good stuff. So we encourage you to try the mom and pop places. If you're a chain person break out of that mold. I promise you will not regret it in the least little bit. Try local. We're, we're through COVID presumably who knows what's next <laughs> train derailments. Who knows? Um, but there you go. So that's yeah. National mom and pop business owners day. We encourage our small businesses here at yes. fancy Midwest. So TV watching, um, I'll let you go first. What, anything outside of March Madness for you, Flinder? Yeah, so I uh, I watched this show. Um, I binged it. I will fully admit it. I loved it. Um, called The Night Agent on Netflix. Um, I I saw somebody saying something about it um, on Facebook. I don't really like to watch new shows on Netflix that come up or whatever show streaming's network because I'm like, is it really good? Is it so I saw some people talking about it. And when I started the first episode, it was made by the guy that made the shield. Um, I don't know if you ever watched the shield with Sean Ryan made that. Um, I loved it. It it gives you kind of the shield slash 20, uh, 24 vibes, um, which I love the show 24. That's one of my all time favorites. So I, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I did. I it's 10 episodes. I just, I couldn't stop watching it. I don't know why. I just, I really, I really got into it. So, but that's, that's what I've been watching. <laughs> you, you have become the best kind of binger. Like he, he made no mention of this last week and now he's telling you're finished with it is what you're telling me. Yeah. I, I like binge it. Yes. <laughs> I benched it. I work from home as well. I will point that out. So sometimes uh, 
had a couple slow days, so I, uh, I, I got after it, but, um, it's, it's different, right? I told you, but, uh, it is, it is. I, but no, I, I fully, I do recommend it. I, if you like that kind of action and stuff, it's a kind of little conspiracy, which that piques my interest immediately. So, uh, but yeah, that's what I've been watching, man. What about you? Obviously Quick basketball 24. too, of course. So yeah. not to interrupt. Right. <laughs> no, you're good. Quick 24 story. I, I, I go to my office every so often and I was walking the halls this week actually. And I heard the ringtone that just reminded me of CTU at 24. You know what I'm do, 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 do that ringtone. <laughs> and I went to the yeah. office and I'm like, dude, that's straight out of 24. And he goes, oh yeah. That's on purpose. I was like, oh, that's fantastic. I love it. But uh, basketball, mainly, um, I will admit, I'm I'm a degenerate gambler for NBA basketball. Just odd parlays, like, is James Harden going to kill a stripper on this game? Stuff like that. No, not really. But um, <laughs> outside of that, there's a new Waco Minis and uh, it's not really a mini series. It's like a docu series on Netflix. It, it, I don't. Is it good? good? I am on the last episode. And is there anything really new? Not at this point. But it's a little okay. bit of a different perspective. Um, okay. Uh, so I have to ask this, Flinder. Flinder is a couple years younger than me. Not much, mm. but a couple. Mm. Um, my significant other is carry the two seven years younger than I am. Um, okay. She, you know, we both work from home. She finished work and I was like mid episode one. There's only three episodes. Okay. And she goes, what's this? I'm like, it's David Grush. It's the Waco thing. I, I have no idea what that is. <sighs> that hurt my really? feelings. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I have to, like, my question to you is, if you had to name, let's go with five events that every American should know about with regards to American history of the last 50-ish years, isn't Waco one of those or am I mistaken? No, Waco for me would be one of them. I'm fascinated by cults in general. Oh, um, I don't really, I don't know if I would consider... Okay, now I've, I've, I will fully admit, I've watched, I have not watched the new Netflix thing because I didn't think there'd be much to watch on that. Did you watch the Paramount Waco? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Okay. So, so now that I know that you watched that, so you think it's worth watching? You know, if you have that, like, so you sound like me, I, I want to know what it takes for these people to get in this position. And there is a couple of people on this that to this day, agree with what he did. He was the second coming. He did everything right. It's the government's fault wholeheartedly. He would have saved the world. They believe that to this day. And it's a bizarre thing to listen to them talk. Because let's remember, April of 93, I think is when this took place. 30 Mm -hmm. years ago at this point, which fucking crazy, by the way. And you know, you know what you know now. You've lived the 30 years since he passed away. Spoiler alert, I guess. Um, and you're still you're still there. So in that, I, I think it's worth the watch just to listen to those people. And then the, the dr- drastic differences 
in the FBI agents that were involved, the ATF agents that were involved, the media that had a part in it. And then I, if I remember right, there's two or three people they talked to that just Mm -hmm. wholeheartedly are still branch Davidians and still believe in the word of Koresh. So, yeah. That's super interesting. I, uh, yeah, I I find it super interesting. I so I listen to um, there's a political show I listen to called Breaking Points. It's on Spotify or YouTube or whatever. Any of them knows. Um, it's not a the Fox News garbage or whatever CNN garbage people watch. Anyway, it's good stuff. Anyways, they actually had one of the survivors of Waco on there, um, and he was ta- he talked about it the exact same way you were just talking about it. He believed David Koresh, and still by the way he talked. Uh, felt that he the way he read the bible the way he was like the second kind like and this guy didn't sound like crazy or anything he sounded normal to me like it didn't seem i'm just fascinated by cults in general i don't understand how someone gets into it i don't get it and you know they say you don't know until you're in it it's fascinating to me and and that i don't we're gonna take a weird turn i i have wildly elaborate mental health issues mm-hmm. spoiler you know whoop surprise i'm fucked up in the head and i still can't figure out the path like so let's let's break koresh down koresh just a, a hippie in the 70s and 80s right. supposedly according to family and friends and in i think an ex-girlfriend has a nervous breakdown starts having audio and visual uh, hallucinations and specifically God's talking to me, blah, blah, blah. You start, mm-hmm. he goes into this thing. He wasn't the original leader that was an elderly woman who he seduced. It was like 40 years older than him. She passes. He decides he only needs one wife. Well, then God talks to him and I need more wives. And then God talks to him and nobody else should be allowed to have sex, but me with, with all the women, no matter right. the age. And, <laughs> and, like, I'm just, like, I know I'm screwed up and possibly believe weird things, but what frame of mind do you have to be in there and to sit there? And this guy comes to you and goes, look, God told me I need to take your your wife to my room and just annihilate her. And they were just like, all right, yeah, way to go, man. I'm, I'm glad God chose my wife. Like, what what frame of mind do you have to be in? Well, I don't. I don't know. Like, it's like all, all these little groups seem to start out very similar. Like David Koresh, I mean, based on the stuff I watched in Waco seemed pretty normal other than he felt like he was the second coming. He was leading. They, they built a, they built basically a community, a life. Mm -hmm. And then he just got weird. And I don't know if it's a power thing where these guys, um, or girls, I, I don't know of any girl cult leaders, so I, I, I just don't know any off the top of my head. But it, they just get this, I don't know, it's like the power goes to their head and they just, they start thinking they can do whatever they want. You know, that's that's what it seems like to me. So, um, but this seems to be the same, all these cults are very similar in this, like where there's like a sexual element to it. Right. And this is the same, I like, but the, again, like I was just saying, like the survivor I was listening to, they asked him about that stuff. And he's like, well, I don't agree with that. But the rest of his stuff was great. I'm like, yeah, but so what? How do you, how so do we get past that? 
So you just sacrifice that part of it? Yeah, well, well, he ninety percent of it's solid, but you know, whatever. He wants to bang my wife, just right? Well, weird, this, man. this guy was—he uh, didn't have any wives or anybody there, so I wonder if that's why he feels that way. But right. I was like, dude, like that? No, that's not okay. Like, I just—I don't know that the whole—the saddest thing about Waco, for people that don't know, is it never should have happened. Mm-hmm. It never should have happened. Now, there's a lot of questions on how it actually happened. Most people say that David Crush was walking to go outside to either talk to the police or what, and there was gunshots and all hell broke loose. There were dogs that were killed. You know, nobody knows except for the people that were there, of course. But horrible tragedy, Waco. But so, I don't know. Maybe I'll watch the Netflix thing too. But I, I had not watched that because I had watched the one with, I don't know the guy's name. Riggins from Friday Night Lights, who played David Crush. Right. I can't think of his name, right. but um, that was Evan fantastic. Peters? No, is it Taylor no, Kish or something like that? It is. It is. Yeah, something Kitsch. Oh. Kitsch. Yeah, something right. like that. But uh, he's a Canadian, eh? I know that. <laughs> so, um, but anyways, they. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm fascinated by Waco. I can't believe that. Uh, I can't believe it. I didn't. I've never heard of that Waco. That's. Yeah, I, it was bizarre to me. Like she, well, I don't know what this is. I'm like, and she grew up in Oklahoma city. So she was four. Really? And that took place. So she knows that. Right. Um, but I just, I told her, I'm like, I feel like, you know, that, you know, obviously nine 11. Um, right. You know, what else like comes to mind? Like for me, when they c- captured Ben, you know, if we're talking last 20 years, when America was told bin Laden was dead, that stands mm-hmm. out. Waco right. stands out. It stands right. out. And for me, the the Kool-Aid um, clan stands out. Yes. Um, you know what I mean? And I think that was California. Um, God, that was another crazy one too. Right. Jesus. But but I, I for you, I think you have a similar mind to me. They, they have a bunch of the recordings between the negotiators and Koresh himself. Ooh, I would like yeah. that. Yeah, and like it is quite part. a bit of that. And it's quite a bit of how the negotiators, so the negotiators are from the FBI and then the, mm-hmm. the tactical team, they didn't get along. They, they weren't communicating well and they acknowledge very poorly handled. Like they were, the negotiators were saying things that were upsetting tactical and, and vice versa. And, you know, they got one woman to come out and they immediately arrest her. And then, you know, if I'm a negotiator, I'm like, they obviously have TVs. They have that access. They hadn't cut it off right. at that point. So they're seeing this. So why the fuck is anybody else going to come out? You know what I mean? It was, just, it was handled very poorly. I'm very pro-law enforcement, but that was handled poorly on both sides. Yes. But Koresh is a nut job. He's a nut job. And I just, oh, for sure. I just, I'm so perplexed. I don't know. You know, you want to, they want to study brains for CTE. There's my sports connection. I would love <laughs> to study a brain of one of these folks that followed him without fail. You yes. Know, what, how was their brain wired? What was missing? What, you know, what was on hyperspeed? Whatever the case may be, I'd be fascinated to know. But it, It's the same thing with that fucking weird dude. Did you watch this? This was on a while back. Uh, Prey, what is the fuck? What's it called? Prey Sweet 
and obey or something like that. It was about the fundamentalist out in Utah and that Warren Jeffs guy. You know who I'm talking about? I know who Warren Jeffs is. I don't know if I've seen that one, but I, I'm fascinated. Oh, Flinder, you and I are oddly fascinated by the, these. Well, that, that one will just piss you off. I was getting ready to fight through my TV. Like I was oh, yeah. getting upset. They still follow this fucking creep. Oh, right. I hate that. I don't like that guy. He's in prison. Yes, and they still they still come and he's like the, the world of the god told me to do this. I'm like, dude, you were sleeping with like, twelve year olds. You said his brother or his cousin goes to prison, gets yes. the gets the gospel for the month, and takes yes. it back to like what the they fuck? believe that this dude is having chats with the the big man upstairs or whatever they believe. I believe that's what they believe. Uh, come on, come on, well, daily briefings. Never, like, what do we do in the White House? Like, it's if you've ever worked near law enforcement, all of law enforcement will tell you that Jesus must live in jail because everyone finds Jesus in there. So <laughs> that's, that's a fair assessment. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I would honestly, I at this point, I'd highly suggest it. You know, I have one episode left and it's, I imagine, going to revolve around the ending of that situation. They haven't gotten to that point yet. Um, but it's, it's so nothing new, but more than I've ever heard about the like actual conversation between negotiators, Koresh. And then I'm going to forget Steven Schneider, I think like his, his main assistant or whatever you wanted to call him. Um, and just to hear the lies and the manipulation and the justification and, it's mm-hmm. it's crazy. Like they had an agreement to come out, and then at the yeah. last second, Koresh goes, "Oh, I'm getting a vision. Really, you're getting a vision at that moment, huh? And God's <laughs> telling you to you, you need to stay in there. Just happens to you know, what timing that God of ours has. Yeah, what? Yeah, it happens to coincide with you not getting arrested. That's weird. Right, right. <laughs> but so many things could have been done differently. So, no. What a weird episode. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk sports. Um, yeah, like I said, going to be a little bit different. Um, but w- let's get there. So to start with with March Madness. And Madness, it's got to be the best word, right? Have you ever sat down to watch the Sweet 16 and, bam, the last two, two one seeds are just vanquished right away? No one seeds in the mm-hmm. Elite Eight for the first time God, I couldn't remember how long, but but to so tell me, what were your? Is it ever? Is it? Uh, I believe it was no. Yes, yes, it's the first time ever. That's crazy. So, Flinder, tell me what you saw with the Sweet Sixteen and the Elite Eight that has led us to a Final Four of Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, Miami of Florida, and UConn. Well, I I, I will. Echo the same thing you just said. This is the best basketball. I love basketball. This is the best March Madness I've ever seen. It is. Every game has been fantastic. There has been very few blowouts. It has been great. Uh, San Diego State beating Alabama surprised me. And they beat them pretty easily, in my opinion. Um, The Miami-Texas game was insane. They came back from 10 down with eight to go. Texas was in control and the Hurricanes and Jimmy Super Laranega was like, nope. <laughs> um, 
I that was phenomenal. I think the final four is awesome. Um, I I I don't like UConn. I don't hate them. I don't like them. Um, I would like to see. I'm just so excited that there's a possibility that three teams that have never won a national championship, never could win. And I want Miami to win. And I don't care who wins between Florida Atlantic and San Diego state, because that means the champion will be the first time champion ever. Mm -hmm. And that's just awesome. That's awesome. Like I'm a Duke fan. That's a blue blood. They've won five times. Okay. I'm very happy that they've won five times. They've actually won five times since I've been alive pretty damn good but like you know UConn's won four times they don't need to win that's how I feel I know that's UConn fans are like what the hell we're getting done shit since 2014 that's fine you can wait um that's how I feel but UConn's probably the best team left in my opinion uh they're nasty they beat the shit out of Arkansas and then then they um I mean, they beat the shit out of Gonzaga. So I don't know what's going to happen in this game, but the Hurricanes, I'm not going to count them out because they were yeah. out in that Texas game and they battled back. So a couple of side stories I want to mention before I get to my opinion. Um, kudos to Texas for locking in. And yes. Tell me the coach's name. Uh, Ronnie Terry. Thank you for locking him in because he took what could have been just a disaster and he made it what it was and he deserved every last bit of the contract he got. So kudos to Texas. I won't say that often. Um, Kudos. And I'm going to, I'm not good with names. Kudos to the Kansas state head coach. Um, They got beat by Florida Atlantic. He went in, consoled his team. And then he went to the Florida Atlantic locker room and said, y'all are a bunch of, Badasses, toughest guys we faced all year, and I want you to know we are rooting for you. And I think you know, Flinder talks about blue bloods. Does that mean a whole bunch to a Duke locker room? Maybe not, but for a coach from one of the major conferences to go over to Florida Atlantic and say, "You beat us fair and square. You were better than us, and we hope you win it all." I thought that was pretty damn cool. Yeah, I I thought that was cool. Uh, Coach K did that after Mercer beat Duke um, a few years back. He went in the locker room and said, you know, you guys played a hell of a game. You deserve to win. And, you know, all the Mercer kids were very excited, of course. So, um, which is it's like like a little school. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, Jerome Tang's a first-year coach, but Jerome Tang's a phenomenal coach. He coached at Baylor for Mm -hmm. 20 years. Like, he's a great coach. It, It did mean something to those guys, and I think it's great. And... I'm excited for, you know, Dusty May, the coach of Florida Atlantic. I really like him. He seems very relaxed, which is ironic since he learned a lot from Bob Knight. Or I think he played in Indiana. I'm pretty sure. So, so yeah. which is crazy because obviously way different demeanor. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited. I, I It's just been a great tournament. It's just, you can't, for, for a fan of basketball, this has been, it's just been a treat. It really has this year, and I I'm, I love it. I'm very happy about it. So with that said, let's talk about the final four games. I'll start with Miami-UConn. Here's the thing. I don't disagree with anything Flinder just said. I think there's UConn, and then everyone else left. They have looked like the strongest team in the entire field. 
every game. Every I kept waiting for Timmy to, you know, poke him with the stick and like do something, and he just and he just couldn't. And yeah, um, you know, I think we were talking last week when UConn was putting a drubbing on Arkansas, and it's like you just kept waiting for it to be closer, and it just never was. Um, with that said. I love the fact that, and let me echo what Flinder just said, three of these teams have never tasted Final Four. Ever, ever, ever. And God, that's that's just cool to me. Mm. Um, and I think we get a brand new champion. I don't think Miami beats UConn. I think they wear UConn down a little bit, okay. but I think UConn moves forward with that one. What about you on that game? I want to pick Miami, but I'm also going to pick UConn. Um, yeah. I just – it's one thing to beat Arkansas like that because Arkansas just came off of a super high beat in Kansas. Right. It's another thing to beat the shit out of Gonzaga like that, and yeah. it wasn't even close. So, yeah, I got, I got to take the Huskies. Florida, Atlantic, San Diego State. Tell me a little bit about that one and who you think goes on to the it, championship. This is going to be a fun game. Uh, San Diego State's a very good defensively, very good defensively. Um, they're, that's been their strength. They struggle at scoring at times, but they're very experienced, which, you know, this honestly, at this time in this tournament, Miami's very experienced. UConn's got some youth, but they also got some experience. Florida Atlantic is, um, they're mainly like sophomores, juniors. So they, they're, you know, their experienced team as well. So it's going to be great. I think this, this game will come down to, you know, can Florida Atlantic score enough against San Diego state? Cause San Diego state's you're going to have to earn it, but I, I'm going to go with Florida Atlantic. I don't know why I just, this team, like when they beat Tennessee, I was like, wow, that's surprising. Yeah. And then they beat Kansas state. And I was like, Wow. That's even more surprising. I got to pick them. I, I just, I know San Diego State beat Alabama, and I know San Diego State honestly should have lost to Creighton, but came back and won that game. Um, I, I'm taking FAU, taking the Owls. Doing it and doing it with flair, with style. Um, I think you and I were probably in the same boat when they beat Tennessee. After what Tennessee had just done, yeah, I'm sorry, Slender, but to your boys. No. Um, yeah, it's fine. It just, it just seemed wildly unlikely that that was going to happen, and yeah. that just seems to be the trend. So, I was sitting here waiting for Flinder to pick his team, and I'm like, "There's no way we're going to choose the same team." We are. I'm going Florida Atlantic. I, <laughs> I am, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm picking Florida Atlantic to cut down the damn nets Monday night, and I, I hope that it happens. I'm probably putting a curse on them by picking them right now. I have already put oh, I'm betting crazy, but $10 on them to win at 8.5 to one. So I'll take the $85 when they win, but uh, I'm going <laughs> hey, Florida Atlantic. What about you? Hey, that's good odds, man. 85 bucks. That's nothing to sneeze at. That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, um, I'm going to take UConn. I don't want to. Uh, I'm going to. Uh, the, UConn's just nasty, man. They got some good players. This Calcaterra guy, they kind of have come off the bench, like a thousand point scorer at San Diego. 
And Danny Hurley's like, yeah, we're just going to bring you off the bench and you're just going to shoot threes. That's fine. I'm like, Jesus, they got some big dudes. They got, I forget the one guy's name, their starter. He's good. And then they bring in like stretch off the, off the bench in there. And he's just banging people. I'm like, God, the big East phenomenal basketball conference this year. Phenomenal. Right. Creighton, Yukon, Xavier, even uh, hell Marquette lost, but they were great too. This was a good who? They were too. Marquette. Yeah. Marquette. Yeah. I mean, this, this has been a, I mean, phenomenal conference this year. So I think I'm going to pick UConn. I'm not happy about it, but I'm going to take UConn and uh, I hope Florida Atlantic wins. So, so devil's advocate, UConn was a four. Marquette was a two. Xavier a three. I think Creighton a six. Mm Mm-hmm. How did UConn just kind of fall into the midst of all of that? Is it just a matter of getting beat up in the Big East? Like so, so what does Florida Atlantic need to do to to win this one? I guess is what I'm saying because UConn has they're, they're not a one. They're not you know they didn't run away with the Big East or anything of the sort. Uh, you know, to relative casual fans like myself, we're only really seeing their dominance in this tournament. So what? slowed them down in the regular season and what can Florida Atlantic do? You know, I don't know a lot about what ha- they started hot. I know they started like 15 and 0 UConn and then they stumbled. And I think part of that is just getting beaten up with the big East based on how the term these teams are in the tournament. I think the big 12 is the same way. So I think it's a little bit of that. I think for Florida Atlantic, when I watch UConn play, it seems like teams are afraid to attack them. I don't know why. So if I'm Florida Atlantic, you got to bring it to them. And the first, the first game, Iona brought it to UConn. They were only down by like three or four at halftime. And they, you just got to go through the contact. And I think Florida Atlantic, they don't make a lot of mistakes. They did have a lot of turnovers last game, but for the most part, they don't make stupid decisions. And UConn has really exploited teams when they make mistakes. Gonzaga made a ton of mistakes early in that game, and they got mm-hmm. destroyed because of it. So I think you can't make mistakes, and you got to attack. I always feel like taking the ball to the 10, make the referees blow the whistle. That's that's the way I always believe in basketball. You got to don't settle for jump shots, make them blow the whistle. So that's what I'm hoping the FAU does. Fair enough. Well, there you go. Uh, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that Ohio State women's team was fun to watch made it to the elite eight beat yukon the women um and got to their first elite eight since 1993 apparently that's you know that's the title of this episode waco in 93 and the last time <laughs> ohio state got to the final four or elite eight but very fun team to watch very they look to have a pretty solid future you know, if i if i screw these names up i apologize cody mcmahon is a freshman and she was just in that UConn game. She was all over the place. And she was just nasty and involved in everything. J.C. Shelton, I think she's a senior point guard, but she, same way. She just does the dirty things. And that team presses from the tip-off to the last second of the game. And it was enjoyable to watch. And compared to the Ohio State men, I'm just glad that they existed this year. So <laughs> kudos to the Ohio State women's team. Absolutely. Where do we go from here? All right, let's talk about baseball for a minute or two. Um, opening day, March 30th. I I like the fact that every team's playing, number one. 
I think that, you know, you go back to that old school mentality. Everybody's on the field today. Um, it's an important day, this, that, and the other. I don't anticipate myself watching much baseball. One, because Bally Sports is, well, they're bankrupt, so I don't know how much longer <laughs> they'll, they'll have the games. And two, Reds aren't going to be very good. I am a Reds fan. You know, much love, Schuster. Um, so predicted to come in last in the National League Central. But one thing I do want to touch on, and I don't know if you have an opinion on this. I didn't ask you in advance, but the pitch clock. I read today where for spring training games, it's taken on average 26 minutes off of the duration of a game. Um, a lot of folks, coaches, and even some players are huge fans of this pitch clock, meaning that from the time a pitcher gets the ball back from the catcher or whomever, he has, I think, 15 seconds to get the pitch off. Um, what do you think that does to the game? Do you like it? dislike it and do you have any other opinions on the major league baseball season for 2023 well i like it um one of my biggest beefs with baseball is i think it's too slow and i like it a lot i've i experienced a pitch clock actually um a couple years back the minor leagues has been testing it for years now and i saw it at a um, columbus clippers game i loved it i thought it was fantastic i was like this is great the game moves better. And when I saw, I did see that today that they took 26 minutes off the game. I was like, are you serious? Like, that's a lot of time. Like a half hour is a fair amount of time. So I think it's a good thing. I love it. I like, I think the taking away some of the shift things in baseball, I, I kind of like that too. You know, I baseball, you have to do something to get your eyeballs on. And if it's shortening the game so people you know, the game moves quicker. That's the biggest thing in, in baseball. It was always throw the pitch, throw the ball back. Pitcher's going to play with a little white bag out there, <laughs> touch his hat, you know, batter. Like if Sean Casey was in the batter box, he was going to stretch, take his gloves. I mean, it's just like, yeah. Jesus Christ, throw the fucking ball. Like that, that is, that is going away with this. And I think that benefits everyone. You got to attract new eyeballs and, the only way you're going to attract new eyeballs is if you keep things moving. And I think that's that's what they're doing there. Now, as far as the Reds go, I had to sigh for a second because I was going to explode <laughs> earlier. I saw earlier that Ken Griffey Jr., <laughs> yes, he's retired. For people Long that don't know, he's, retired. he's 53, 53. <laughs> right. He is the third or fourth, I've seen both, Highest paid player on the Reds this year. I almost threw <laughs> something across the room because I was so angry. You're not trying to win if that's what's yeah. going on. That's unacceptable. I was so pissed off. I would cause, call myself a casual baseball fan. I don't watch it regularly because the, I'm a Reds fan and they piss me off. Yeah. I, I, that's unacceptable to me. That is un could you imagine if the Mets Bobby Bonilla was the second highest paid player on the Mets? Like what the fuck are we doing? The Mets payroll, by the way, is, is ridiculous. But yes. so let's let's put it into perspective. Let's not pretend that Griffey's making a shit ton of money. I think it's four point three million, three point no. four million, one of those two. Yeah, I I was gonna say that it's not that much money. 
because I looked that up because I'm like, oh, what the fuck's he making? And I was like, oh, okay, thanks, Castellini. Sell the team, please. Please. I I, I don't – I've said this before. Professional sports, fuck off when you say we're rebuilding. No, you pay these guys millions of dollars, you win now. That's how I feel. And I think you owe it to your fans, you owe it to the season ticket holders, and you owe it to the great city of Cincinnati because those people love baseball down there, Mm. and they deserve to watch a product that is worth watching. And I – God, I was so pissed off when I saw that earlier. So I, I don't know. What do you do? You think? I mean, are we? Be, is this wrong? Are we thinking wrong here? Or like this is ridiculous? You know, a rebuild means you see a light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know, like if they understand that that concept. <laughs> um, you know, but so third or fourth highest paid player retired. 12 years ago, the highest paid player starting his year in the minors, Joey Votto, still hurt, recovering from surgery, should be up soon. Opening day in Cincinnati is different, folks. It's it's a holiday. I don't there's no other way to put it. It's a holiday. And right. it's meant to be treated as such. And I'm excited for it. They'll still make it out to be a, a grand event, but it's fucking Cincinnati and Pittsburgh and I don't know how many players me as a casual fan would be, would know on the field for opening day for either of these teams. And that's a sad representation on the sport. In my opinion, I completely, completely agree with everything you just said there. That being said, I'll still watch it tomorrow because I'm a degenerate and that's what I do. So there's that. Um, so there, there are four or five things that I want to talk like 10 minutes a piece on, give or take. We'll see how it goes. But they're annoying the fuck out of me. And if I know Flinder like I think I do, they're probably annoying the fuck out of him. Um, let's start with this one. Reports, I believe today, maybe yesterday, come out that there is at least two offers, fully financed, backed offers of six billion (laughs) billion with a b dollar offers for the washington commanders i got it right yes um (laughs) is there anything worth six billion dollars explain this to me as if you're jeff bezos and this is disposable change flunder um to him, it's nothing. But uh, <laughs> is he one of the? He's got to be one of the group people, right? Because the other guy's Canadian, a eh? so it can't be honestly. him. I don't. I know Dan Snyder hates Jeff Bezos <laughs> with a passion, which I don't know if Dan Snyder likes anybody. So um, I don't know if that's a bad thing or not. But uh, I six. I saw that the Broncos for people that don't, were just sold for like four point two billion or something like that to the Walmart people. Like, I was going to say, to Walmart. Yeah. yeah, like, honestly, Denver's a hell of a lot better franchise than the fucking Commanders. Yeah. Um, Dan Snyder, to his credit, the devil's going to get his due. <laughs> He's going to get his cash. I think it's crazy. I can't believe there's two bids for $6 billion. Um, I, whatever. I do To me, no, I can't even fathom that much money. So I think nothing's worth $6 billion, but... 
there's got to be some sort of a, it's got to feel some sort of financial way, you know, I don't how do you get a return on investment like that? That's crazy. That's what I'm saying. I want to see the valuations of this thing. I want to see how this breaks down because there's a couple of things. They're they're shit fire of a team. Awful. Just awful. Carson Wentz. <laughs> they, they went out and traded for Carson Wentz, who apparently everybody thinks is supposed to be good. He's not. Um, worst <laughs> stadium in the league. Nobody disputes that. Nobody disputes that. You know, um, Snyder has alienated everybody in the NFL. So I guess if you're buying this franchise, you're hoping that, hey, I'm getting him out of the way. Trust me. But I just, I'd be curious to know, you know, much smaller scale, obviously, because I'm poor. But before I'm going to put a bid on a house, I want to know everything about that house. And I want to know ultimately in five, 10, whatever many years, when I go to sell this house, I'm going to get my money's worth. I don't see how that exists in a purchase like this. I see how it exists in a purchase like Denver, as you said, right. without a doubt, because Denver is, it's, it's known, it's, you know, more recently successful and arguably even considering everything that went on this year, still has a good roster, still has, you know, good facilities and you know the stadium is well known city is well known um washington has none of that right now so i'm just i'm angry that dan snyder is going to go buy a chain of islands and live out his life at least that's what i would do i'm angry that he gets that because he is a piece of shit an absolute piece of shit and he doesn't deserve any of this and i was just dumbfounded at that that figure, six billion dollars. It's it's a number, man. I I mean, you know, all these all these people have fu money, so that's you know that's pretty much where we're at there. Um, I just, yeah, I'd like to see the breakdown too. Like, what's what's the what's the return on this? <laughs> Let's just say, I'm not a financial yeah. wizard. I trust yeah. me. I but. Like this just, my eyeballs went big. Like <laughs> these people, like, I guess you just get to a point with money where you're like, fuck it. I want to own an NFL team. Like that, that's the only logical yeah. explanation. Well, I th- I think that's what it is. I do. I, I genuinely believe that that's what it is. It's the prestige. There's only 32 of them. I think that's what it is. I think it's that they very so rarely go up for sale be because the it's the most money. Yeah. The, what? <laughs> Tonight is rich people suck. They just suck. Yeah, like they do ego trips and just stroking their own massive egos. And that's. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's just, I mean, that's what it is to me. Like when you have that much money, what else can you buy? That's what I feel like right. they're doing. And I guess so, it's the shitty commanders. So. So you're ready to piss some people off. Here we go. Let's stay in DC. I read today that Congress is holding hearings on the chaotic quote fingers, um, name image likeness in, in college sports. I'll go first. Um, why, why the fuck do they care? Why on God's green earth are you going to release to the general public, to your public that you're holding days long hearing 
about money given to college kids who work their asses off to get that money. Meanwhile, we were having school shootings. We're not, we're not, no, no need to discuss what took place in Nashville the other day, right? Right. We're going to talk about an 18 year old trying to get some money in his pocket for a sport that he makes other rich people millions of dollars playing because it's chaotic and needs controlled. Does NIL need some sort of system? Absolutely. Is it any of Congress's business? No fucking way. And it's disgusting right. to me that they not only are they doing the hearings, they're letting the public know that they're doing these hearings yes. in the yes. midst of a week where we just lost six people to a school shooting. And I'm not going to get political on the school shooting or anything of that happened. All I'm doing is saying that that is a national fucking tragedy. And to make this important is nonsensical bullshit. Yeah. Um, and, and my favorite part, if you watch any of this shit, my, here's my favorite part. I don't know why we're here doing this. I don't know why we're here doing this. Every fucking piece of shit congressperson will be up there saying the same thing over and over again. They said it through the NFL thing. They said it through the baseball stuff. They have, can somebody tell me how you get a job at the NCAA? Because I'd like to work there because I don't sure. I'm not sure you actually have to even show up. These people do nothing. They do nothing. And we're going to let Congress, who does nothing, do something. And I'm, that's not getting political. That's the truth. I don't care what, what side you're did on. You see what Barkley, you see what Barkley said the other night? No. What did he say? He said politicians were getting involved with this. And he goes, why? They're all pieces of garbage human beings. <laughs> they I'm are. Like, yep. Yeah. If you, you take the red pill or the blue pill, they're all hot garbage all over the place my god they just asked the tiktok guy the other day does this hook into my wi-fi you don't even know how the fucking internet works okay you have to have internet to use an app you dumb fucks like i just i i can't i can't do it i saw it i was so angry i'm like i i just there's there's it's yeah. not it's not necessary. Like you just said, we just had a huge tragedy that makes me sick every time it happens. And I say it like that because it happens way too much. And again, we do the same thing again. Oh, we're take the guns away. Oh no, they're going to take our guns away. How about we just protect our fucking kids? I don't, that's all I'm going to say on that. I'm not trying to get political at all. And then we're going to talk about NIL. Like, and I, what's the problem? It, the, the kids are getting paid. Don't they get a free college? Dude, shut the fuck up. Okay. You're paying these coaches. You pay Gus Malzahn $20 million to go away at Auburn. Okay. Right. To go away. He won nine right. games a year. Go away. Okay. They just paid Brian Harson like $10 million or something like that to go away. This isn't like four year spans. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't want to hear it anymore. The kids are making money. Good for them. You want to put some stipulations in it? I think there should be. Then do it. And my God, right. just do it. Like this whole thing. Like, well, who's going to put the stipulations in? Just do it, guys. Flinder, I, can you imagine going to your boss and saying, hey, I, I can't figure this out. Let's let's call Congress. Well, they'll figure it out. Let's see. What the fuck? Well, this like, one's like, yeah. I'm telling you what. I'm going to run for president. And I, here's, my, here's my pitch. We're going to do what makes sense. That's it. Yeah. We're going to sit at the thing and we're going to go through every issue. What makes sense? Should we fix the bridges if they're failing? 
Well, I think so. Okay, yeah, okay, good. We're gonna do that. Like, I just if it makes sense, just do it. Just do it, and it drives how, me nuts. <laughs> how can you be so detached to think that it's? Hey, uh, what are the press releases for today? Or anything about infrastructure? Anything about the the tragedy in Tennessee? No, no. Okay, what do we got? We're gonna talk about you know making sure eighteen year olds only can make so much money so the rich can get richer. Yep, let release it. The general public will totally be on board with that. What the fuck? Give me a study on the dead money that exists for these coaches that were told to, to get the fuck away, like you just said. Because these are yeah. publicly funded universities. Yes. Give me the study on where that money is, why we justify it, and how much of it exists compared to the money that's being made in NIL per year. Show me those numbers. I heard the other day that some of the Ivy League schools endowments are so large, which to for people that don't know, an endowment is like something the school, it's like a buildup of school funds essentially that they're supposed to use to enhance the school. Keyword there is enhance. Um, that kids in these Ivy League schools could go for to school for free for like 20 fucking years. Yeah. Like it's insane. And like you said, the rich just keep rich, getting richer. This poor 18-year-old wants to make $500,000 while he's making millions of dollars for your school with his play, his or she, uh, he or she play. I, it drives me nuts. Just make a decision. Just do it. Congress, you suck. And <laughs> if I, I'm it, Congress, oh. plain and simple, NCAA comes to me and goes, hey, we can't figure this out. You know what my response is? too fucking bad then it then it remains unsanctioned until you figure it out not our fucking problem yeah like what they're what they can't make it's a private business this isn't china so they're gonna say our recommendation is this okay great thanks for your recommendation it doesn't matter you can't they can't implement shit it doesn't work like that here i just <laughs> god it made me so mad all right my my watch is telling me to calm down. <laughs> so there we go. Um, so so yeah, Congress, come on, shut the fuck up. Let's let's. I, I'm not going to get political, but real quick, we just lost three kids under ten in mm -hmm. a school shooting, and then three educators. Mm -hmm. Um. The very least I would tell you is if you're going to do this shit, keep it on the down low. Telling the general public about this, it, it's so out of touch. I don't yeah. know how we get back to reality in this country. And yeah, I hate that. I hate it. I actually have a, I have a solution to that. You want to hear that? <laughs> that? Yeah. Every person that is a elected official, that means everyone in Congress, president, blah, blah, blah. You get to make the median income of everyone in America. You know what the median income in the United States is? I don't know. Probably sixty to seventy thousand would be my guess. That's what you make when you're an elected official. And you can't get anything else. Boom. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if you actually had to use, I don't know, a budget to figure out your life right. and not just play funsies with everybody's cash? Groceries are expensive. I'll tell you that. That's what I'm saying. That, no, seriously, though, that's you, the only way to get people back to reality is you have to make them feel reality. By, by the way, you ready so. for this? As of 2019, the median American income, $31,000. Mm -hmm. 
Are you shitting me? That's what Google says. Google can't be wrong. Well, then you know what? Thirty-one thousand. It is. I like that even better. Okay. I bet they get shit. I bet they get shit done then. <laughs> Twenty twenty twenty-two fifty-four thousand. So wow, it went. It went that's okay. Quite good for us, I guess, but still. But low. still, that's honestly to God though. That's what you should make an elected official. You're an elected official to help people. That's what you're supposed to do, not to make yourself richer. Like that's stupid. And, like I. And isn't uh, that bizarre? You know, like Congressman A goes gets elected to Congress, has a net worth of eight hundred thousand, leaves yeah. office eight years later, has a net worth of twelve point two million. Making two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year as a congressman. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, you know? math doesn't add up, guys. That doesn't work. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So, yeah. Um, I wanted your thoughts on tanking as a whole. I'm going to be specific on it. My favorite hockey team, the Columbus Blue Jackets, are terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, and there is a generational talent in the draft this year. Now, how the NHL works is a lottery system similar to the NBA. The difference, I think, and tell me if I'm wrong, but in the NHL, if you finish rock bottom, last place in the league, you are guaranteed no worse than the third pick in the draft. And they do a lottery for top 12 teams, something along those lines. Um, at what point do you okay, if ever, your team or any team to going to tank mode? I'm there with the Blue Jackets, and I'll tell you why. The Blue Jackets have been a team for 22 years now. They've gotten past the first round of the playoffs exactly one time. That was four years ago. Um, when they beat, they swept Tampa Bay. Haven't done it since. They have a solid base on their team. Johnny Goudreau, Johnny Hockey. Um, what they need is a goalie. I apologize to my daughter. She's in love with the goalie. He fucking sucks. Ooh, he sucks. <laughs> um, but I'm in a position where getting points in these games, and if you don't know how hockey works, if you, if you lose in regulation, you get zero points. If you win, whether it be regulation or overtime, you get two points. If you lose an overtime, you get one point. I want them to get exactly zero points between now and I think 16 days from now when the season ends. <laughs> um, I think I used to be against tanking, mm -hmm. but I see its merits as a fan of a team who's mired in not even mediocrity, less than mediocrity. So, Slender, I have to ask, is there ever an instance where that should be encouraged by a fan base? And how should it be gone about if that's the case? I do not personally like tanking. Um, but I think if you're going to tank, you should have to issue a press release or let your fans know that you're not going to try. Yeah, I'm all that's for what, it. Yeah, that's what I think. I think that's fine. Because I don't think the fans should... I think everyone should be on the same page. Hey, we're just not going to try that. I just yeah. want you to know if they came out and said, Hey, we, you know, we're just going to shut these players down for the season. They have little bumps and bruises. Tickets are 70% off the rest of the season. We're, mm -hmm. we're being forthright. I'm I, all for I, it. I'd probably I'm go to fine. a game. 
I'm fine. That that's literally if you're going to tank, that's my only stipulation. You have to let the fans know. That's where we're at. Well, Blue Jackets ownership, come out and tell us you're tanking. I'm all please. I'm all for it. <laughs> all for it. Um, <laughs> tank for Bedard, Connor Bedard, 140 points. I or roughly 130 points in the minors this year. And I don't know if you know this, but the highest point getter in Blue Jacket history is 83 points. So put that in perspective. Almost double our highest ever point getter in a single year. Good God. Wow. My nips are hard thinking about him in a Blue Jacket <laughs> sweater. But uh, it won't happen, unfortunately, because that's how it rolls. But okay. So two things with the NFL. Which one do you want to talk about first, Lamar or Aaron? Let's do Lamar because he's pissing me off. Okay, so. well, go ahead. They're both and, pissing me off, but well, go ahead and catch us up. What's what's been happening, and then and then we'll go from there. So with Lamar, there's this big talk that it's a conspiracy that no one's offering him guaranteed money because apparently the Browns are the smartest team in the history of the front of NFL. So we should all follow what they do. Um, We've said before, Lamar's not going to get guaranteed cash because of his injuries and other things. Injuries are the big thing. Arthur Blank, the uh, owner of the Falcons, came out to uh, either today or yesterday and said, we like Lamar, but we're not interested. He's missed five to six games the last couple of years and not going to get guaranteed money. Jim Ursay, who is always a very colorful in- individual, basically said the quiet part out loud that he doesn't believe in giving guaranteed contracts to players. Lamar has slapped back or snapped back, whatever the people do today. <laughs> it said, tweeted that I'm I'm still healthy, blah blah blah. I don't, you know, whatever. Just crying on the on the cellular devices, saying the things that no one will say without behind their little digital device. Um, I'm tired of people being bitches. Yes, that's how I feel. Um, I, <sighs> Lamar. If someone's offering you $150 million, I don't give a shit if it's not a guaranteed contract. Take the fucking money and shut the fuck up. Like, mm-hmm. that's where I'm at on it. That's your value, dude. That's. Do you know how much I would give to get $150 million? Like, as a guaranteed guy. Like, that is an unfathomable amount of money. I think right. you're being greedy. I think you're being petty. And I think people don't like you now because of this. <laughs> Look, man, Deshaun Watson shouldn't have even, he shouldn't even be in the NFL right now. But the Browns are dumb. Sorry, Browns fans. You're dumb. They shouldn't have given him $230 million. Nobody deserves a fully guaranteed contract. Okay? I'm, I'm with that. I'm okay with that. If they're going to offer you $150 million guaranteed, great. Then he came out and said, on March 2nd, because I don't care, but he says March 2nd, I demanded a trade for the Ravens. Buddy, they franchise tagged you. Do you understand how this works? <laughs> You either sign it or you get nothing. Right. I think Which he is is his right not to show up. By the you're way, you're you're absolutely right. But guess what? That doesn't mean you get to go play for another team either. Right. That means you're going to sit at home and not get paid essentially because they're going to find you every game you don't play. Now I do not understand if that means he has to sign the franchise tender or not. I'm not sure exactly how that works. I don't think you do because you're not getting paid. Yeah. I don't think you do either. I'm annoyed by this. I'm annoyed by him. I'm annoyed by Rogers. Uh, What do you feel on Lamar? (laughs) So let's unravel this a little bit. Let me, let me say first, 
the fault lies on every side involved in this situation. Okay. Yes. Um, you know, I, I like what Arthur Blank said today. Hey, we think uh, Lamaris is stuck. We think he's a very good quarterback. But let's consider everything we'd have to get up, give up, excuse me, to get him. And then if we yeah. get him and he plays 10 games a year, is it worth it? That's the, you know, I heard on our, our often mentioned favorite radio show today or yesterday, I forget. Flinder, if I told you right now, mm-hmm. you have two choices. You could have Lamar and no first round picks for the next two year, two years for 175 million. Or you could have the first pick in this year's draft. Mm-hmm. Which one are you taking and why? And for me, I thought about it long enough that I think I'd go with the pick. And it's because of everything that's happened with Lamar. Lamar is not a quarterback like Brady or Burrow or any of the, or Big Ben even was to an extent. He is not at his best in the pocket throwing to receivers at all. If he yeah. was, I think he'd be somewhere else by now. Yeah. Even with I, the injury I, concerns. I agree. I would take the pick as well. Um, I think people need to understand that Lamar Jackson is a phenomenal player, but that system they run at Baltimore is built for him. So yeah, well, for sure, to demand a trade on March second, I, honestly, I, when I saw that, I was like, "Dude, do you not get this? Like, you're not going to get to go somewhere, and they're just going to be like, hey, we 'Hey, we're going to build a team around you.' That's not how it's going to work. Right. That's just not not how it works. Like, they do that some places. They did that in Baltimore because they wanted to win, and they did win, and they like you, man." They're not like, okay, if what's the franchise tag for quarterbacks? $30 million at least. Oh, gotta be. Yeah. What, like, what are we doing here? But, but Joe Burrow is very, very good. Yes. I do not dispute that. But how much better is he because he has Chase and Higgins and Boyd even? Yeah. Yes, I agree. And Lamar, to his defense, I will, I will, let me say that. Baltimore's done some dumb things. They traded Hollywood Brown. They traded some other players. His receivers are hot garbage on that team. Did you see who they just signed? No. Nelson Aguilar. So things are changing, Flunder. Oh, woo. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They, that's But that's what they do. And it makes yeah. no sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to me. I hate the Ravens. I hope they burn. But that's my personal opinion on it. Uh, I, I just... <laughs> I, I understand Lamar's frustration. I do. But he's being kind of petty, very Kyler Murray-esque right now, and I don't like that because I just don't. I get his frustration. I get it. But these guys are so petty. That's so petty. It just so, drives me nuts. So here's the thing. Both sides are fucking up. It just shouldn't be played out in such a public forum. No. The, the let, Keep the pettiness behind closed doors. You know, Put me in front of a microphone in this situation, and what am I going to say? You know, we're taking care of it. Whatever happens, happens. I look forward to forwarding my career wherever I may be. We talk about athletes being a brand. We've talked about that ad nauseum. Yes. Yes. People ruin years of their career in an already short career doing things like this. I think Baker is better than his personality. I'll stand by that. But I think... The, the cancer that he's caused and what he says has caused his play to suffer because people don't trust him. 
Yes. And, you know, I do not want to hear Lamar tell me about, well, you, you don't get the, the pain and the hurt. You're absolutely right. I do not dispute that. I think you could have played the last few games last year. I have no fucking clue. But we're not supposed to have a clue, honestly. Just just give us the bare minimum that that we deserve, which isn't much, and move on. Once you start doing things like this, it just is ugly. And I think Dion said it best in a response to a tweet. Don't give them this. Stop doing this. They're just trying to set you up to make yourself look weak and rough, yeah. and you're giving it to them every time. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. Like, you don't – okay, when he says I was hurt and stuff like that, that uh, we don't – I don't know. That's great. Okay. Right. So was other people when they have to go to work. Their back hurts, like, every day. Like Charles Barkley said, like, guys, you you make millions of dollars a year. Like, I'm all for you trying to get your money, but don't be ridiculous. Don't act like you're something. I I, I just um, it bothers me because I like Lamar, but he's getting bad advice, and I and I and I think this is going to ruin his career. I really do. I I real I think this could possibly ruin the kid's career, and it's ridiculous. But yeah, because he's how old is he? 25? 25, 26. He's dynamic. Yeah. He's fun to watch. I don't like when he plays the Bengals because I feel like I'm gonna have a heart attack the whole every play, but. Yeah. I yeah, I mean, I think this should genuinely it's going to hurt him. I I don't I don't think this ends up the way he wants it to. I really don't. And let's let's ask Le'Veon Bell if he regrets taking that year off to prove uh, a point. Let's ask because was yeah. he ever the same? No, no, he was no. not. Football, your NFL career is so short. We are not all Tom Brady. You are looking at less than 10 years in all likelihood to play the game that you love before you have to move on. Why tarnish it with behavior like this? It makes no sense to me. Shut up. Let the owners and management say all the dumb things and and look like, you know, greedy white men that they are. They absolutely are. Absolutely. But let them look terrible and just sit there and do everything you can to move on and get yes. what you deserve. Yes. <sighs> okay. So, Aaron Rodgers, um, with apologies to Schuster, that's the second time saying that now. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. And this is another one of those instances where it's both sides. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Aaron goes on McAfee and says, Hey, you know, I went, I went into the darkness for however many days and, (laughs) and came out and they had made their minds up and hadn't really told me. And that was disappointing and blah, blah, blah. But I told them three weeks ago, I wanted to play for the Jets. Okay, cool. Why did the GM feel it necessary to come out and say, "I, I tried, I tried to call him. He didn't answer me. What has gotten so unbelievably backwards in our country that everyone feels like they have to defend every decision they make? You don't have to. Who gives a flying fuck (laughs) why that relationship went sour? It went sour. People get divorced and break up and move on. 
every day of their lives. And we do not have that public forum, nor do we need that public forum to exist. (sighs) Flinder, what are your views on how this situation is playing out in Green Bay? I mean, just a bunch of children. Like, you know, it, it feels like it's like kids. No, you know what? That not that didn't happen. Right. Some they hit me first. Like that's not true. Like that's what it feels like here. Like Rogers is like Green Bay just has to figure out compensation for me, and we're good to go. And Green Bay is like, well, we tried to talk to him, and and you know, Aaron just he, we tried to talk to his representatives. And, like goddamn guys, I know, understand you guys want to have egos, but gee, many right. Christmas. Like again, this is another situation. Aaron Rodgers doesn't care what other people think. Very clearly doesn't care. Sorry, Schuster. But I, he's not going to play there. He don't care because Rodgers is a little different situation than Lamar. Rodgers can retire tomorrow. He doesn't, it doesn't matter to him. He's got Mm. tons of cash. He's obviously a guy that's interested in a bunch of different things. But again, like you played for this team forever. You like Green Bay. You've said this. Why, why are we doing this? Just, it's just stupid. And it, I don't like it. I just, I, I don't know. I feel like the Rogers situation will get resolved eventually. I think Green Bay is going to get the safe for him or, and I, I'm, they're going to back up the brakes truck at the house, the jets. To, to and Green I think, Bay. And, and I, honestly, I think New York should. Yes. You, even if it's for two years, you right away have a chance to play for the yes. Lombardi right away. Well, you haven't done shit anything other way, so let's right. try this way. Uh, I yeah, I think this gets resolved. I think Lamar. I'm, I don't know, man. I think Lamar might be SOL as it, as it's looking right now. I don't. It does not look good for him. Yeah. And so, I, I don't so know. maybe it took me being a parent entirely possible, but the way I look at every situation in my life. Before I put my foot in my mouth, and admittedly, I still put my foot in my mouth way more than I should, mm-hmm. is who is this going to benefit if we go down this road? Yeah. And I can't fathom that any of these people are using that mentality. If you're Rogers, as you just said, Green Bay, without argument, has some of the best fans in all of sports. Right. And all of sports. And you know, they say when a divorced couple is argument, the only are arguing, the only people that are suffering are the kids. It's similar here. You know, management and Rogers are arguing who's affected by this, the legacy of Rogers and the fans for the last 20 years to watch it play out like this is a shame. It's a shame. You're absolutely correct. I don't, I don't get it. I just, I want somebody to tell me why, why this is where we are in sports. Why, if you go to ESPN.com, these are the headlines. Why? I, I don't get it. Well, it just, it just makes them tone deaf. That's the biggest thing. Everything is so tone deaf today. Like, and you're, you're pulling it away from the, the everyday person. Like, I know there's a wealth disparity gap in this country. It's obviously, but like you're, you're alienating people when you do stuff like this, like 
people like Lamar Jackson, there's not one person that's not like, hey, man, I support you getting all that money if you can, but don't turn out $150 million and then act like you're right. broke. Like, dude, come on. Right. Like, And Rogers is like, oh, I would be here. I want to wear the green. I want to wear the other green colors. Like, it's just, okay, great. Like, just shut up. Handle a business Can like you, adults. Like it let's pretend you work for, like, you're middle-class American and you work for a national company. Can you mm-hmm. imagine going to your boss's office and saying, hey, I know I'm stationed in Cincinnati, Ohio. I want to be stationed in San Diego. Move me or I'm not coming to work. You'd get laughed out of the goddamn office. I would like to think, and that's okay. So you talk about detachment. That that it's so it's unimaginable for you and I to be so yes. detached, like these people are. It is because like we can't just not go to work. We can't just not right. be parents. We can't just not do that. Like it, it's just I don't know. It it the stuff like this. I love professional sports. Don't get me wrong, but stuff like this really, really pisses me off. And it's I tough. mean, I feel like that's why we feel the way we do. Because I, I and I don't think we're in the wrong or in the minority in this. I think most right. people, if they're being honest, not just tweeting, I think feel this way as well. I really do. And I, you know, I, I I think you you started pointing at it. But uh, if I'm in LeBron, or LeBron, Jesus Christ, why is he on my mind? If I'm in <laughs> Lamar's inner circle, I think what you're telling him is, hey, look, Deshaun's contract, that was a blip. I don't think that's reality. Everyone realizes that. Even if the owners, we think the owners are being selfish, that's not going to happen yet. Will it happen ultimately? Probably. But that's not going to happen again this year or for the foreseeable future 150 million man you're paying for the next few generations at least right and you're in a city that and baltimore fans at least up until recently loved them and rightfully so to an extent can't argue that but with every new thing that comes out you get further and further from that and if you think you're making yourself a man of the people by complaining you're not at least you shouldn't be if that's where we are as a country fuck i give up i give up no no he's he's definitely not <laughs> so you know why lebron was on my mind i just read a story that Bronny should get like seven million in nil money so maybe congress hearings are necessary because what the fuck why would he get that much money in nil i I have no comment on that because that's ridiculous. That's an absurd amount of money. And I read that they upped him to a five-star solely because of his valuation in NIL. Is that becoming a thing? Did his dad call somebody to make that happen? Dude. Okay, he's a good player. I mean, I'm he's a good player. I'm not going to like deny that. He's not going to Duke. He's not going to Carolina. He's I wouldn't not going argue to Kansas. three or, or even four-star at all. I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I agree, he, but he's not a five star. No, he he's a good player. There's nothing right. wrong with him. He's a good player. He's going to go to USC or Ohio State or Ugh, San no. Diego State. I think's a team. That's great. That's great. I think he goes to USC personally. So, yeah. so he'll still be in the Big Ten. That's unfortunate. Oh okay. yeah, he will actually. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. 
Yeah. <coughs> All right. Well, there you go. To end on a good note, Final Four this weekend. Very, very excited with the teams that are in it. Um, as Flinder mentioned, it's really cool that 75% chance of having a first-time champion. Pretty fucking cool. But we'll see how that plays out. I have to go you know, put my hands above my head and relax. <laughs> mm-hmm. Get my heart rate down a little bit. Uh, um, but yeah. Flinder, any closing thoughts? Maybe cleanse the palate? Anything positive? Uh, <laughs> I'm... Well, I mean, I guess a positive thing for my personal life. I'm getting a leaf. Um, it's like I. It, <laughs> this is such a dad thing. I am. Uh, it. It. Uh, it can. It's like a blower, but it also sucks up leaves and then mulches them at the same time. Ooh. I am giddy about Ooh, it. And you fancy? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's real fancy, and I'm giddy <laughs> about it. Like I am very excited. I have. 10,000 trees in my backyard with 10,000 leaves, probably a hundred thousand leaves. We're going to get after it. So um, <laughs> I'm excited about that. That's my positive note for everyone. <laughs> there you go. And then when he finishes with his yard, I'm going to make him drive the long distance to my house and do the same thing with my yard. I could just do yeah. like a, one of those javelin tosses one of those, just toss it that far. You think, you think you so? Know, when I, <laughs> random off story when i got my snowblower which is fucking incredible i literally did like four houses in a row on my road the first winter just because i wanted to use the fucking thing I'm like i got this you want me to pay you nope this is fun for me i got this so but anyway sports world's fucking weird but we do hope you enjoy the final four i know we're going to um so for now, we will call it a night. I'm sweating. Jesus Christ, I'm fat. Um, <laughs> Flinder, as always, a joy to talk to you. We appreciate everyone listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye, everyone.